This is Unleashing Leadership. Welcome to episode number 40. Today is all about desperation. We're making decisions in desperation and we're really still focusing on our people. In the book, they talk about, I mean, the whole premise of the book, they're, they're, they're working through a hiring decision and they're really desperate to fill their hiring position. And they almost hire a guy who was basically a culture breaker. He was going to come in and you know, the type of person he was, he probably would have created more problems than he fixed. But they were desperate because they had other problems they had to address. So it was like they were going to fix one problem by creating another problem. And so it was the whole process of how they go through this hiring um, decision and decide that he's probably not the right person. And so one of the I guess the things that I take away from this is one of the biggest reasons why we don't do some of the things that we've been covering in this book. Um, some of the things that we covered in Team and Teams. One of the biggest reasons why we basically spin our wheel is because of desperation. And I think there's a blurry line between desperation and fear. When you put the two together, we really don't do things that are in our best long-term interest. That's more of a short-term band-aid thing that we're trying to do. When we have endless mountains of work to do, when we're going to pressure from upstairs, we allow things to go on so much longer than we probably normally would or should. We allow people to be in positions they're not the best fit for. We hire people into positions that they don't fit. We're trying to pick our battles so that at least we know what we've got, right? At least the situation is serviceable. We can get through tomorrow. So little focus on one, two, three, four, five years from now. So much focus on this week, this month, this quarter. And I've been in the shoes of the manager who was required to hit recruiting numbers. And I've been in the shoes of the manager that was required to meet new recruit productivity metrics in order to keep my job. And I've been there where my personal livelihood was tied to a numbers game, a game that focused only on the short term with no concern for those years down the road. No concern for me, no concern for the customers, no concern for the employees. I used to go to awards conferences for these companies, these finance companies. And I was in awe at the awards conference, but I never in awe of somebody getting an award. I was always in awe on the fact that every single award was for short term, hitting short term production goals. There was no award for development. There was none. And I was like, how can you, how can you be here long term and be thriving long term if you don't even think long term? All you do is think about this. Again, this month, this quarter, the next sales competition, whatever it is. We were in this position that was incentivizing. Remember we talked about bad incentives. It was basically incentivizing people to do stupid things like the whole fog de mirror syndrome. The fog de mirror syndrome is if you're breathing, I'll hire you because I got to fill a position. And if I don't fill the position, I don't get paid. It's stupid, actually, when you think about it. Now, when I put it that way, it's like, wow, what the hell was I doing? But I was constantly in fear of not hitting numbers so that I could not wait for the best cultural fits. In fact, we didn't, I don't even know if we had a culture, right? Like, th that wasn't something that we talked about ever. 
I had I had very very limited resources to recruit and develop ultra fits. I had very little training in actually interviewing somebody and figuring out who they are and would they be a good fit to the organization. It was pretty much back to that fog the mirror syndrome. Um, you know, if if they show a little bit of interest, you get them on the hook and bring them in and see see how they work. I mean, the entire culture was essentially a jackass culture. You hire for looks, you hire for credential, you hire for superficial things, you hire for access to their personal network. I mean, this is one of the reasons in newsflash here, if anybody's looking at getting into the financial industry, or if you got kids looking at getting into the financial industry, the washout rate in the personal finance space is like um, 80%. Like 80% of people will not make it past four years in, in, finan- in the financial advisory field. And I would say another, you can cut that number in half of people who make it eight years. Everybody will promise you when you're looking at coming into the field, all this money that you're going to make, how successful you're going to be, almost nobody will actually make it through. About one out of 10 will make it through eight years. That was my experience at least. Um, and anecdotally, you can read all the the reports and stuff. That's That's kind of what it looks like. I mean, part of it is most firms, they don't have any real development. It's all just, well, here's some sales techniques. Go get people to buy stuff. Um, they don't really care about the long term. They're not looking for the long term. Even good intentioned people do stupid things when they're desperate. And if you create desperate situations, stupid things will come. So I realize as I'm saying this that I don't, I, I didn't, I'm saying I didn't have the resources to recruit and develop cultural fits. And I think that that's probably a misstatement on my part. And maybe a little bit of a cop out. I mean, in those situations, the culture was quite firmly set. The organization set it. I mean, the leadership within the organization allowed it. it, it whether it was intentional by accident, you get you fill a room full of jackasses. That's your culture. It's it's a jackass culture. That's what it is. Who was I at that point in my career to try to change anything? I didn't even know what was going on. I was I was a little hamster on the wheel. I'm just running as fast as I can, trying to fit in, <laughs> trying to keep up with everybody. Trying to look like a big shot, right? Trying to be the top jackass of everybody in the room. Just running as fast as I could. And then after about 10 years in personal finance, um, you know, starting from my my days in the mortgage industry and going on through into personal, like investing and financial planning, after about the first 10 years, I decided I don't want to be on that wheel anymore. So I jumped off. And what I've learned since then, if I uh, if I wouldn't look forward to having you over for dinner, or if I can't trust you not to steal my silverware, back to our um, previous episode. So if I want to look forward to having you over for dinner, if I can't trust you not to steal my silverware, then I would have to be a very desperate man to let you sit at my table. And I've seen what desperation leads to. I would rather, at this point in my career, I would rather be thrown off the wheel than to be so fearful for myself that I do desperate things. And if that's the, if that's what I got to do to stay out of making desperate, stupid decisions, at least I'm still going to have my silverware. <laughs> <laughs>